0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. I should have been giving her the party and I kind of had to take the back seat because Mia, who's known her for five seconds, jumps in and decides to do it. Yeah. And of course, Giselle's the bestie. So how was it my feelings? But I didn't show it. <laughs> I think she does nothing but show her feelings, Cha Cha. Now, Sharice is back this season. I don't think it's been a super successful re-entry into the franchise. However, what I do want to point out is that she just gives me these like Eeyore vibes. Do you know, uh, on Winnie the Pooh, the, is it a, do- is Eeyore a donkey? I think he's a donkey, right? Doesn't his tail fall? I haven't watched Winnie the Pooh in a very long time, but I do remember the vibe of Eeyore. Remember, any time that I think donkey came into the scene, he would have said, Hi, Winnie. And that's how I feel every time Cha-Cha's on screen. She's in that scene. She came on the stripper bus, and they're all having a good time. They're all dancing, and they're matching snakeskin, anaconda suits. And then Cha-Cha's sitting there with the face, uh, the sourpuss on her face, and she's saying, I should have planned this. And it's just giving me the Eeyore vibes. And I kind of love it. I kind of love it when Cha-Cha just brings the whole mood down, (laughs) the whole show. All the gals are having a a good old time celebrating, dancing, stripping all night. And then Cha-Cha's just coming in, and she's just uh bringing the whole mood down. And I got to respect that in some ways, because I think we've all been there. I certainly have. You know, you're in a bad mood or something. You walk into a party, and you just feel like Eeyore bringing the whole vibe down. And so it's nothing if not relatable that Cha-Cha is totally ruining the vibe of every scene that she's in on this franchise. And so... <laughs> Gotta give her that. Gotta give her that. We got so much to discuss on Potomac. We're also going to dive in uh, to the Real House of Salt Lake City uh, reunion briefly. I'll put the timestamp in the episode description, but you could skip ahead if you just want that. But uh, we're only going to dip into it a little bit. But I do have some thoughts about the way that they entered on that. On the strip, I mean, we're doing so much uh, van work on these shows. And now the vans are showing up at the reunion. They're making the cast hop out of the van. I'm out of it, and of course, there's so much going on with uh, Mia and Wendy and the box eating. And I'm so, so sorry to say that that's their words, not mine. And so, w- coming into this podcast, I took all my notes, and you know, I've said this a million times on the show, but people complain when I use foul language or use inappropriate language, and I want everyone to turn on everything iconic and just I want us all to have a good time. I want us all to laugh, ha, ha, he he. Uh, have a good time. And so I don't want anyone tuning in and feeling uncomfortable or or anything. And it's hard sometimes with these shows, because the things that happen on screen that we're recapping can be sort of foul or, or disgusting or whatever. And so uh, I'm not saying that this situation in particular was disgusting. I'm just saying I know people get uncomfortable when we talk about body parts and, and, and BMs or whatever it is. I'm sorry. So this week, I decided, in lieu of discussing the Wendy Mia Bach situation, I thought maybe we should spruce up the language a little bit, right? To have some fun. And so there's this um, this thing I do on the show where, oftentimes, if I'm if I'm referencing someone's private parts, we'll say uh, you know they're Meredith Grey, right? We'll call it their Meredith Grey. And uh, Meredith Grey is, of course, this very successful surgeon from uh, Grace Sloan Memorial Hospital over on Gray's Anatomy on ABC played by Ellen Pompeo. She's been in that role for a hundred years, anyone who's watched Grey's Anatomy. And I always thought that was fitting because she's this very powerful, successful woman on television. and, And also my friend and I did it one time on accident and made us laugh. So that's kind of how that came about. But so I was thinking this week, in preparation for the movie 80 for Brady, I thought we'd replace that word, we'd replace the word box or one of those other words that you'd like to use. And I thought we'd replace it with these very successful, powerful women who are in the new movie 80 for Brady. Of course, we have Sally Field, Rita Moreno, Lily Tomlin, and Jane Fonda, queens, icons, and legends who are walking among us. So uh, I will break it down, but I just wanted to give you that that little um, prelude or, or precursor, some information as we go forward on this recap, because I do... Really want to break it down because it was a little confusing. And so I guess we'll just start here. And just uh, let, let's clear everything up. So last week, we were in Mexico with the gals. This week, we're back in Potomac. And one of the things that was teased at the end of last week's episode was this dalliance that happened between Wendy and Mia – after cameras went down, apparently Wendy, Mia, Ashley, and Candace went out to the bar. They had a good time, and some things happened. Now, uh, it's kind of confusing. We're only getting certain details as it plays out, and we're hearing from Mia, but I don't know that we really heard exactly what happened from Wendy. Uh, Giselle is, of course, stirring the pot. Ashley is starting shit left and right. And so from what I gathered, I really tried to break this down to see how how it happened, what happened. From what I gathered, Mia says that Wendy showed her her... Rita Moreno. Then Mia showed Wendy her... Lily Tomlin. Mia says that Wendy then touched her... Jane Fonda. And we also know that that same night, Ashley, Candace, Wendy, and Mia kissed, but we don't know if Candace and Ashley also showed their... Sally Field. ...to each other or anyone else. You got it? Everyone caught up now? I think we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everyone get that? Ah, you guys! I should be I should be taken away from this microphone because I shouldn't be allowed a soundboard and a microphone to just uh, replace the word box with Rita Moreno. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see AD for Brady. I can't wait. Anyway, so that's what I gathered happened. Now it's a little confusing. My favorite thing though that happened this week. Was that scene where they were trying on, Robin was trying on wedding dresses. Now what made me laugh so hard about this scene was that we've seen this in TV and film for a hundred years, right? You have a scene where a woman is trying on a wedding dress. It's a, a stereotypical scene that happens in so many wedding projects where the person's trying on the wedding dress. She goes in the fitting and then she comes out of the room and everyone's like, Oh my God, you've never looked so beautiful. It's this really dramatic moment. You look stunning. And there's sometimes a tear in the eye and it's always like the bridal party or, or sometimes the groom will see and he looks at her and he's just, I've never seen someone so beautiful. And it's this really dramatic moment or sometimes it's the father of the bride sees the daughter in the wedding dress and he's just so taken away, taken aback. He cannot believe his daughter. And it never has the daughter ever looked so beautiful than when she tries on this white wedding dress. And it's so dramatic. And so we've seen it in a million rom-coms. I just watched that Shotgun Wedding, which I have some thoughts on. We'll talk about in a minute. But uh, that has a scene where J-Lo tries on the wedding dress, and Jennifer Coolidge sees her. Oh, my God, he looks stunning. And we have this over and over again. So that's what we're all prepped to see. But the Potomac editors, the Potomac cast, they're not going to give us what we're prepared to see. They're going to give us something different. And what I mean by that is we're going to get two of the gals coming in to look at Robin trying on wedding dresses. And while Robin goes into the other room, the dressing room, to try on her fit, the other gals are talking about how uh, two of their friends licked each other's Sally Field. And so that's what's happened in between. So then Robin's coming out and they're like, Ashley and Jill, oh my God, you look stunning, Robin. Oh, you're taking my breath away. And then Robin's like, okay, I'm going to go try in another one. And then Ashley's like, so did you hear about how Mia, Rita Moreno, her friend, <laughs> Oh, you guys! the uh, The d- d- dichotomy of that scene—it was just a perfect comedy. I've never—I don't know if I've ever seen a scene so funny. We often talk about that scene with the um with the mimes. Remember when Karen and Jiz sat down to talk about their trip or something, and the mime came? It was so funny because it was like they're trying to have this fight on camera, and then the mimes just mime in to get them on an invite or whatever the fuck was happening there. And then here on this scene, it's just like, Robin, you look stunning. And then Ashley didn't even stick around to see all the wedding dresses because Ashley only did, uh, showed up to start shit and talk about how Mia sh- showed Wendy her Jane Fonda or whatever, me, or vice versa. I'm not sure, you know, it's all a little unclear. And so it just was so funny. It was just so funny. Like Ashley's like, I got to go. But now that I told you all about how Wendy showed Mia her Sally Field, I can leave. And then she just leaves. <laughs> Oh, you guys, I just loved it. I loved it. Yeah, two of our friends were licking, licking each other's Rita Moreno. But uh I gotta go. I love your wedding dress. See you later. And then Ashley just dips out. Oh, my God. Okay, so speaking of Shotgun Wedding, though, you guys got to see this movie. It's JLo, Josh Duhamel. This is not a paid advertisement, by the way. But we often talk about five, st- like movies that are five star and also just one star and this maybe sort of fits in there. I had the best time and I encourage you to go in thinking of it as like a plane movie, you know, like the kind of rom-com that you see on a plane. Maybe have a glass of wine or smoke a little weed or say, you know, go into it just kind of letting the absurdity take you over because there are pirates. There is Jennifer Coolidge with machine gun. There is a uh, salt and pepper Josh Dumel. Woo! Ladies, am I right? You know, that's something we can talk about for another 20 minutes. I mean, Josh Dumel with that salt and, I mean, that man. That man just does it for me. But there's also, uh, speaking of men that do it for me, Lenny Kravitz in a loose, ill-fitting blouse. The whole time, his his bubbies are out. You just see Lenny Kravitz just walking around with the bubbies falling out of the blouse. And it's a beautiful sight to see. And so you have this action coming. And it's so absurd because, uh, first of all, Jennifer Coolidge plays Josh Duhamel's mother – which she's, I think, nine years older. I looked it up. Nine years older, which is so fucked up in Hollywood. It's like a nine, someone, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, nine years older. But I understand there was also some weird stuff because I think, I'm sorry to say this, Army Hammer was originally cast. <laughs> In the Josh Duhamel role, and then of course it was revealed that he was possibly eating people. Or I don't quite remember the details of that news story uh, that has left my brain, but uh, something happened, and so of course they replaced him with Josh Duhamel, who's only nine years younger than Jennifer Coolidge. So you do have to suspend a lot of disbelief. Uh, also, there's, I mean, so, the script to me felt very much like it was supposed to be like a very hard R actiony kind of lots of guns and killings and stuff like that, and then they scaled back a little bit. There's still, I think it's still R because there were some F words in it. Uh, but they did scale back a little bit. And I wondered what the original script looked like. But it, a lot of absurdity. You know, every single character has to, at one point or another, talk about how they want to fuck Lenny Kravitz. Like that's something that comes up with every single supporting cast member. <laughs> like I feel like that was part of the script is like, okay, make sure every character talks about how they want to fuck Lenny Kravitz. And honestly, of course. It's realistic. So I just, I had the best time with it. And so some of you might watch it and hate it, but I just thought it was fun. Let's have a good time. There's pirates. There's action. There's grenades. Just JLo's setting off grenades. And I mean, it's, that's what I want from a Friday night movie when I just want to check out and just watch something absurd. And it will be a movie that we will all watch a hundred times on TBS. And I think it's one of the better rom-coms of the last handful of years. And I like that they're doing these kind of action-y rom-coms. But one of the things that I really appreciated with it, they had a lot of la- Like every single Jennifer Coolidge line reading made me laugh. Anyway, I know you didn't tune in for this Shotgun Wedding review, but I just had to say that because and we're talking 80 for Brady, we're talking Shotgun Wedding. That's what you get here at Everything Iconic. Uh, okay, so what else? Uh, Potomac. They did film the reunion, the Potomac reunion, and the looks are out. The looks are out and most of them look really good. Giselle, of course, was Gisellen. So take that how you'd like. Now that was my favorites were Wendy and Candace, but I, maybe everyone has other favorites, but if you check out, I think the Bravo account maybe put out the looks. So it's coming next week's the finale and then we're going to get the reunion. So that's exciting. Uh, now what else is going on? We do meet Mia's cousin, who's apparently replacing Jacqueline in the cast, because that's how I felt. She was introduced. Mia's like, here's my cousin. You never met her. Maybe we have, but I don't remember. And then Jacqueline's nowhere to be sa- seen. And so I don't know. They're just playing hot potato with the cast. I don't, nobody knows who's in the cast, but now the cousin's going on Robin's. That pissed me off. That pissed me off. I'm sorry. I'm sure Mia's cousin's a nice gal. But what is she doing on the stripper bus for Robin's bachelorette party? And Ms. Uger and Dr. Wendy are not on this cast event. I mean, we've said it a million times, but Robin needs to cool it. If she she can't play this game where she's not inviting people. She didn't invite people to that bullshit barbecue thing that she did, where they were playing potato sack racing or whatever the fuck that was. And now she's not doing it with the bachelorette party. Now, I need the full cast there. Chacha was revealing incredible information that if – Uger was there. The Grand Dame would have had some problems with, but then we we're just getting ChaCha with. They're eating lobster and steak, and ChaCha's like, "Yeah, Karen's fucking people in the bathrooms." And I was like, "This is why we need the whole cast here. What are we doing?" And at some point, I'm gonna need Bravo to step up and say, "Robin, we don't give a fuck. This is a bullshit bachelorette party anyway, because none of these people are even coming to your wedding, so we can have the whole cast there. Who cares if it's believable? <laughs> none of this shit's believable. Like, look at what we're watching." Anyway, uh, so I was pissed about that, but Mia's cousin somehow got the invite. I appreciate that. Now, uh, Robin is married in real time. This was revealed. I think it was social media or somewhere. I saw in People magazine somewhere that they apparently went through that. Her and Juan are officially married. I remarried, I suppose, again, which is not something I expected, but it happened. It, it happened. Now, uh, that we open and we have this wedding dress scene and we already kind of talked about that. And Robin, you know, of course, you look so pretty, Robin. Now let's get back to talking about the Rita Moreno. And that's what happens. And so Ashley, uh, and she eventually leaves. And Giselle fills in Robin, and they talk about this, and they're all adding a little flourish to the story. So I wonder what actually happened with Mia and Wendy. Now, Mia, we know her to be an on-the-record liar, right? She's confirmed that, I believe, on Watch What Happens Live, or maybe it was on the show. She's a liar, and that's fine, and she's doing it for TV, so God bless. But she's a confirmed liar and so i don't know that i could believe her now giselle and ashley also confirmed liars and in many ways they or at the very least add flourishes to all their stories to stir the pot which we thank them for however it leads me to some trouble decoding exactly what happened so i don't know exactly i do know that wendy and mia something happened and if it's consensual and they're happy with it then god bless let them do whatever you show whoever you want you're jane fonda you know, if you want to take out your Sally Field, even men out there, if you want to show everyone your Lily Tomlin, you do it. You do it as long as it's consensual and everybody wants to see it. Of course, did you guys see that Pamela Anderson story? She said Tim Allen, Tim Allen of who huh? fame? <laughs> he uh, allegedly, according to Pamela Anderson, showed off his Rita Moreno to Pamela Anderson on the set of Home Improvement. And so you don't do it unless it's consensual, okay? I just want to make that point clear, which, by the way, I saw, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I saw an advance of that Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. You guys, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, uh, it's it made me want to read the, her book. She's got the book out. But the documentary, oh my God, it was really one of the best, better documentaries I've seen in a really long time. So I, I think it's out this week, soon. Maybe it's already, is it out yet? I don't know, but it's good. Check it out on Netflix. Um okay so yes oh we got into that now Candace and Chris we see them sitting down they're talking about how she's releasing a video soon Candace says how rude it is for Karen to bring up now Juan and bringing the husbands into this and I I do think that they need to stop with this unless we have some proof what my problem is that I feel like all the housewives across all the franchises rely on this trope of your husband is is fooling around or whatever. Now, if this happens, of course, yeah, bring it on the show, whatever. And I'm not saying these men aren't doing these horrific things or, uh, you know, with skis and on other people. However, it just feels like we're relying on it as a trope for the show. And it's, it reminds me of the early years of housewives where remember the accusation they always threw out was like, your husband's gay. I heard your husband's a gay. And they would always use that. And it got to a certain point where even Andy at the reunions was like, uh, can we stop doing that? <laughs> Like maybe like they're they're arguing in front of this gay man uh, about this uh, each other calling each other gay and like and wasn't there something with Teresa and Joe Judice back in the day where it was at a reunion and Teresa's like no he he likes gay people and it was like this is just. This is terrible. And so now it's been replaced with like, yeah, your husband's a cheater, or like, I heard he did this. And these men aren't signing up for the show. So again, we need to call them out when they're doing these bad things. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm just saying that it feels like we're relying on it as a trope. And maybe sometimes we're doing it just for TV. And that's kind of fucked up for these men. I hate to stick up for the men, you know, I don't care to do that but I'm going to right now. So that's um, how I feel about that. But Chris wants a stress-free household because he wants to do the IVF. And I don't know where they stand with the IVF journey, but I hope um, we'll find out at the reunion and see what's going on. Uh, You guys, we got to take a quick break here. We're going to come back and talk more. We barely even got into this episode. I mean, we barely got into it. And then, of course, we got to get into the Jen Shaw's cameo at the Salt Lake City reunion. Ah, So much to discuss. So let's take a break here. Uh, Get tickets. I'm coming to Denver, Salt Lake City, and uh, Seattle. So get tickets. They're going fast. Seattle, we sold. um, They just opened up more tickets because we sold out of the first bunch of tickets. So uh, come to Seattle and they just reopened tickets. So if you didn't get tickets yet, uh, get tickets. And then Salt Lake City, you guys, we're gonna have so much to talk about in Salt Lake City because we're gonna be in the land of Beauty Lab and Laser so that's and then denver colorado you guys i'm so excited we got so much to talk about we're gonna have fun at the show so go to everythingiconic.com. at the top of the page there's a live show link and uh get tickets uh, and we'll be right back migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up, today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic all lowercase that's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash everything iconic this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/slash/EverythingIconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/slash/EverythingIconic. Hello, we're back. Hello. Okay, we got to talk about Ashley's FaceTime call. Now, Wendy and Karen were meeting to talk about the whole. Rita Moreno situation. And then Ashley decides to FaceTime in to talk shit and tell him they're not on the group chat. So she's like, Hey, I wanted to let you know that Robin's throwing this bachelorette party and I, you two are not on the group chat. Like everybody else is, including Mia's cousin, allegedly. And we got Cha-Cha's invited, but you two aren't. And they're just sitting there like, What the fuck? And Karen's response to like, What? <laughs> Karen. <laughs> I got to talk about what they did instead of the bachelorette party because Wendy went on MSNBC to talk about Roe v. Wade and like the, <laughs> she, she's like, she went on MSNBC to fight for women's rights and, you know, really <laughs> Karen, Karen went to her candle, candle manufacturer. To then film herself giving a check for ten thousand dollars to her candle manufacturer for limited editionality candles to send to Robin while Robin was at the strip club. Ah, oh, you guys, just the the yin and the yang of that. I just Wendy's on MSNBC like fighting for women's rights. Like, good for her, Doctor Wendy. Really, just breaking it down and like what's going on in our government, our country. And then Karen's like, I'm doing a limited edition four Wick, and she just went and. Took a photo of it or a video. She made Ray do that, which was like the most absurd thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like Ray film this. Meanwhile, you know Ray doesn't know how to work the phone and like figure out how to film it. So I guarantee whatever that video was. I mean, my dad is. Um, Decades younger than Ray and my dad can't work a fucking camera phone. Like he doesn't, every time he sends me a video, it's like, it's not even of the subject he thinks it's of. It's just like something else. And so I would give money to see what Ray f- filmed of Karen with that candle check because I'm sure of it. It's just like the ground or it didn't record or something, or it's just, you know, he had the camera turned around. So it was just his face. Like what I would give for that footage because I just think I'm sure. I'm sure he probably couldn't even get it on the, the phone because there's no way. And I'm I'm not trying to age shame. I'm just saying there's no way that him Ray knows how to work that phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my truth. And I just love that she meanwhile, what do you think that candlemaker or, or whatever was he a, can we call him a candlemaker? I suppose we can. Uh, like what do you think the candlemaker thought when it's like, oh, you're gonna film me? Like I'd be I'd be like, No, I don't want you to film me. I agreed to film for the TV show, but I didn't agree for you to film me getting the check like your uh, fucking publisher's clearinghouse or something. Or who is that guy uh, that used to show up with them checks on TV? What was his name? Robin Leach. Oh, I'm Robin Leach. Because in middle school, I remember um, for school, my friend Jake and I, we did this video where... I was doing like a Robin Leach impression. I wish we could find that video, but I we like made this video. We used to make movies all the time when we were younger. And uh, my friend Mike Monaco, I don't know if, if anyone knows him. He's like a music video director, but he's fantastic. But he, I've known him my whole life. And uh, Mike and Jake and I used to, we lived in the same neighborhood, and we make these movies together, and we would film these movies. And, and one time we did it where I was doing impressions of Robin. I'm Robin Leach. And you know when you're young, you think you could do an impression. It was like, that was not a good impression. I'm Robin Leitch. It's just me shouting. And (laughs) it's pretty much how I do my impressions here. Anyway, uh, I, yes, it was like, what are we doing filming you giving the check? And at least it should add some pizzazz. She should have gotten a big check like they used to do in the publisher clearinghouse days, which like, what the fuck was that? They made us, they bamboozled us into thinking we were all going to just be sitting at home and somebody's going to be showing up with a fucking $10,000 check, like a big ass check. And why isn't that happening? I would love for that to happen. Somebody show up at my fucking door with a big-ass check, as long as I could cash it. You know, we just, I mean, what is going on? I just wish we could go back to those days. I just wish, take me back, take me back, in the words of uh, Matthew Fox from the show Lost. Was that a thing? Anyway, uh, what else is going on? So yeah, that made me laugh so hard. Now, Mia is, Mia has Jizzy over at her house for the first time, and this is when she goes through everything about wendy and the you know the whole thing about touching each other's lily tom and so that they talk about that there then we see the stripper bus now ashley and mia both show up wearing an anaconda bodysuit or no a snakeskin bodysuit and mia says she was a garden snake and i was an anaconda and i love that they just i mean that's it's television gold just having these two cast members both show up in these very tight fitting bodysuits and just it's perfect It's perfect. Now Mia is dancing on the bus and she looks like she's having a good time. You know, there's something so easy breezy about Mia that I I can't help but fall in love with. Like even when she annoys me and I know that she's a liar and all that kind of good stuff. But then she's just so like fun. And especially compared to Cha-Cha, who's just always in that Eeyore mode. When I see Mia just having a good time dancing, I'm like, this is actually, I kind of think, what we need on the show. Even though I think she needs to scale back her... The lies and maybe the pot stirring. Ultimately, I think she kind of brings this like lightness that these shows need, because we know that on other franchises, uh, think about Beverly Hills, things get too dark, and then it's not as fun to watch. Even when there's drama, it's like you need some levity. We want like the heavy drama, but we also want the levity, and I feel like Mia does a good job of bringing the levity. I'm sorry. I I do. And I probably will feel differently next week, because she'll probably do something nuts. But for this week, we're just watching her dance. And she was so happy at that club with that lobster and the steak, which I don't know, these women, they have stomachs of steel, except for Giselle, because we know last week in Mexico, she had the problem. But uh, we learned last week, they were eating quesadillas on a bus in Mexico that they did, they had bus quesadillas in Mexico. And now they're eating all this strip club food, which I don't, I don't eat lobster myself. I'm not a seafood eater. I'm sorry. But I felt like there was a lot of gravy on that. Was there, was it gravy? Like I'm missing something because again, I don't know how it's served. It didn't look like butter to me. I thought you put butter on lobster tails, but they had what looked like uh, beef gravy is the only way I could describe it. Beef gravy. I mean, what else would you say? It looked like beef. It was beef gravy, right? Beef gravy. It's a gross term, beef gravy. I don't think I've ever been, ever said the term beef gravy before, but suddenly it's coming out of my mouth. I'm like, this is the most disgusting phrase I've ever ever uttered in my life. Maybe we should start replacing beef gravy with uh, beef. Lily Tom. Beef. (laughs) I really shouldn't be allowed this on board, you guys. Somebody needs to take it away. I get it. I get it. Uh, Okay, so then they're on this. They're going to the strip club, and I was, ex- I was disappointed, actually, because I thought they were going to see some dick. And then suddenly they're not. They're at a, 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 with lady strippers, which got blessed, but as a gay man, I was hoping to see some dick as I tuned into Potomac. And so I was disappointed. I was disappointed. They all sit down, I order their food, and then Ashley talks about Demon Darby. Candace calls him Gollum, which made me laugh. And Candace also, Candy says that the Demon Darby was at a restaurant with a new woman, because Ashley's sitting there, and I'm sorry, Ashley sounds so stupid when she's talking about Demon Darby, because he's a monster. We've seen it time and time again, and he wanted to divorce her, and now she's still kind of like being nice to him. And Candace is like, yeah, he was at Demon Darby, he was at this restaurant, we saw him with some other woman, and so like, leave him, get out of there, get out of there. Uh, They did play really funny music. I want to shout out the editors or whoever decided on that music choice because they played really funny music. There were two times I think they played really funny music when they were eating the beef Rita Moreno stuffed lobster on the table at the strip club, and then there was also funny music when they were cutting to that scene where Wendy was fighting for women's rights. It was like really kind of weird, goofy music in the intro to that, kind of like the Alex McCord like butum 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 butum. You guys, I wonder. Alex McCord is filming the next season of Girls Trip, and I wonder if Bravo is going to use the goofy Alex McCord uh, music. Do you think they're going to? That was my favorite musical cues. They don't use it as much anymore, but anytime, they would cut to an Alex and Simon scene. (laughs) I hope they do it. I don't know if the Ultimate Girls Trip producers are listening to this, please, please, for me. Just like, at least when we first get reintroduced to Alex McCord in that first episode, like, just please play that music. I beg of you. I'm on my knees, like Melissa Gorga, at that fight, on The Real House in New Jersey, on my knees, begging you to do that. Begging you. Anyway, I'm proud of the women for eating, because they have really strong stomachs, but I pray for them the next day. Because, look, I, I don't know. I'm very particular. You know that. I'm very particular about where I eat, what, where, all that. Anyway, I'm particular about who cooks my steak. So, uh, I wouldn't think I would get that but they ended up getting a lot of food and they seemed to have a good time so god bless. This place was called Empire without an E and so that was a little troubling to me. I just don't know that I I don't know that I would eat a steak at a place that was like spelled M P I R E, you know? Is that we- I mean maybe that maybe that's uh a problem with myself. Maybe I need to stop being so... Uh, sticking my nose up at a place called Empire without an E at the beginning. And maybe I just need to go there and have a steak and just sit back and let them put some some brown Sally Field on top of my steak and then eat it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But these women... Sharice then says that Karen's known for getting drunk and having sex with any guy she couldn't find. She had sex with a worker in a bathroom. And then apparently all the other women knew Giselle's like, Oh yeah, I've known this for a while. Ashley had heard it. Candace very clearly had heard it. But when the producers asked her in the confessional, Candace's like, I'm not talking about that, but it led me to believe that she knew. And so it was, I, Karen Huger, we're learning this season that she's got some secrets. My baby's got a secret. Way more than I had ever anticipated because I always thought Karen Huger, she played up the grand dame of it all. And I just, I bought into it. I bought into the whole grand dame thing. Favorite housewife across any franchise. And now I'm learning that maybe she hasn't been truthful. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't love her unconditionally. Because when you do love someone unconditionally, you look past their flaws. And so that's what I'm choosing to do with my grand dame at the moment. Uh, But... It's clear that she has a lot of secrets. Now, someone points out in the confessional that, oh, I think it was Mia said that she talked to Gordon. She talked to Gordon, and Gordon said, when men who are much older than their wives get older, and they can stop pleasing them, then they let the wife go and date, and then they're still just married. Because Mia says in her words that uh, Ray cannot climb stairs, and so how's he expected to climb Karen? Ladies, am I right? And so Karen maybe goes out to this blue-eyed man, or there's some accusations about a driver, and there was someone in Vegas who I think maybe was the same person, and she apparently really in a blue eyes, blue eyes. Who is it? There was used to be this song on the Garden State soundtrack called Blue Eyes. I used to love it when I was in college. It's like a dramatic ballad. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is. Karen Huger is getting her sex wherever she's got to get it. And so as long as her and Ray are cool with it, then I'm cool with it. Because let's not make it into a thing. It's, again, consensual and everyone's cool with it. Then let Karen go have sex with whatever worker she wants in whatever bathroom she wants. Okay? And let her go have some um, some lobster tails at Empire. Empire. Remember that carpet commercial? one or How did that carpet commercial go? Empire. Midwest people know what I'm talking about. Empire. Empire carpet but it was spelled with an e at the beginning cuz that's how you spell empire. We don't just I mean what is that? Who decided to spell it m p i r e? That really bugged me. Now I'm not some uh, you know stickler about grammar and punctuation and spelling like I don't get crazy about it, but it does bug me when it just says empire with m p i r e. But I guess they're sticking out in a crowded market because here I am talking about it and I'm ready to go to empire but it's just it seems like maybe we should have sat down and reconsidered it, reconsidered it, just something, anything else, or just put the E at the beginning. Was there a rights issue? They couldn't get the E. I mean, what was the, maybe it was when that empire show was on Fox with the taraji. Like maybe that's what happened. They couldn't get the E. I don't know, but it's, there was no E. Um, and anyway, they talk about how they all knew this stuff. Ray, they say hired a private investigator because of the blue rise thing. And Karen's license was taken away. Like, what are all these things that we're learning about Karen? And then Mia was drunk. She's like, so you're saying Karen's a prostitute? And then they were all just like, no, that's not what we're saying. (laughs) See, Mia was making me laugh. She's making me laugh. And then uh, they have a good time. They all sing and dance and have a good time. That's the end of the episode. You guys, they had fun. They had fun. Next week's the season finale. I'm devastated about it. I'm devastated. Mia tells Karen about what happened at the strip club. Candace released her video, which that, that song, Insecure, with uh, that she put out is so good. It's on my Spotify playlist. And I've been almost playing it as much as I play Drive Back, which was her other song that I love. And it's I didn't like Insecure at first. The first listen, I was like, eh, and now it keeps popping up on my shuffle or whatever the fuck that is when you listen to music. And I'm like, this is the best song of my whole life. Now it's like where's the you know, put it in a musical or something. This is the greatest song. We all should be singing it. So it's a great time. Anyway, next week's the finale. And Chris gets he like loses it at the finale. I'm excited. I'm excited. Anyway, that's that's the Real Houses of Potomac. Let's let's dive into this Real Houses of Salt Lake City reunion for a brief moment, shall we? I think I'll have a short name. Okay. The reunion was filmed in New York City. And remember the days where Andy used to go to the cities where the franchise was? And now they make them all come to New York City. I don't know why that something about it makes me laugh. And you can also tell when they have little to no budget because they don't get their own dressing rooms. Just, they put them in a van, like in the, in the rainy streets of New York. And they're just like, you guys get dressed here. There's six of you sharing. I think on Miami, it was like six of them sharing a, a, a van out in the streets of New York. And it was like, what is, where's the budget? <laughs> Uh, imagine you're doing this hit TV show on Miami Housewives, which is truly the best franchise going right now. We, It's the best. If you're not watching it, sign up for the cock and watch it. But it's the best show. And I feel like it must do well for Peacock because people talk about it. And the Peacock shows, they do a lot of good shows, but they don't always get the the attention they deserve on Peacock. But I feel like it's got a very loyal Bravo audience and so I would imagine Peacock must be very happy with the performance over there. And yet for that first reunion they did, it was like let's throw them all in a van or a trailer and uh in a rainy New York and it was like shouldn't we just do it in a either bigger location or just have maybe Andy and production be in Miami for it or something. I don't know. It made me laugh and now in Salt Lake City. And look, if you want to spend the budget on something else, great. Like, let's do, let's leave the budget for the cast trips. We don't need them all in separate trailers. So maybe it's a smart use of funds. Like, they're ahead of the curb, actually, maybe. But it made me laugh because it's like, oh, we're all just in these, these trailers. And Andy's got to visit the trailers. You know, you don't want to go in them trailers. You know, <laughs> Andy probably misses the old way where he could go in like a nice dressing room. Instead, he's got to like walk out in the fucking rain. I don't remember if it was, was it raining in this one? I don't. Yeah, it was rainy in this one. It's like he don't want to leave the the set to go walk in the rain to like see Meredith Marks and just be like, "So what's going on, Mare?" And it's like we're seeing Whitney, and you know, Whitney said she's like, "I was gaslit all season," and I don't know. None of they all lost the plot. The whole the whole cast lost the plot. There's all these people. Andy's visiting this whole. Also, the set. Speaking of sets, this was like the craziest that I've ever seen for a reunion because it was like a broke down church or something, which felt like a bad omen to me. It did feel like. Maybe we don't fuck around with that. Like I that maybe it's just me. I was raised Catholic. I was raised with a lot of Catholic guilt. So uh I come with my own baggage to this. However, it just felt like we're just having like a church set that's broken down and looks like it went through an earthquake or something. I don't know how to explain it, but like a a church with a natural disaster is like the the theme of the set. And I was like, I don't know if my Catholic ass would be playing with this uh playing with God because uh because my God Rita Moreno would be pissed about this. My God, Rita Moreno would not be happy. And so I uh, just don't know how this is a thing, but it's a thing. It's a thing. And it looks beautiful in a lot of ways. They're arriving in the Sprinter van, and I'm obsessed with that entrance, just obsessed with it. And there was a whole montage of them arguing in the Sprinter vans. They all looked a little um, maybe too much self-tanner to me. Like, I don't know. There was that one reunion where Lisa had it all over clothes, and it got on the couch and stuff. And Andy even asked her this for you, and he's like, "Oh so did you get the self tanner worked out?" And she's like, "Yeah, I did, and then they all look like they put it on though, and that worried me because I was worried about that set. It's another bad omen on the church set to just leave all your orange spray tan all over it. I don't know, they're all going to hell is what I'm trying to say i'm so, I, I hate to say that, but it's uh, I feel it, and then they all um did come in looking good though better than last season because they knew. Remember last year, everybody dragged their reunion looks because they were some of the worst looks ever. I mean, they showed up to that stage, and the producers were like, <laughs> "And so they looked better." They invited Jen, but the legal advised her not to. Although she did end up calling in, and she did a little cameo, which was absurd. And I, I feel like it was planned. Meredith was like, "I'm going to call you, so at least you'll have your voice in the reunion." But I don't know; it didn't lead anywhere. It was odd, and then. Jen called Heather right before walking into the courtroom when Jen had pled guilty. She had called Heather. I think that was the timeline of things. So I don't know. It seems weird. Like they're all still sticking up for Jen. I don't know. All of it's strange to me. I can't, I don't understand any of it. Like I, and the main thing, this whole reunion was like the Heather black eye situation. And every time I think I'm starting to get a grasp on it, I feel like I understand it less. And and they're explaining it more. And I'm like, I don't get what the fuck is going on. So I had said this, I think on social media, like I need them to put up some sort of graphic, Venn diagram, pie chart, whatever to explain to me what it is, because it's not registering. And I don't know if that's a me problem and, and I'm listening to it. And it's going in one eye or out the other, but it just feels like there's so many threads that are introduced when it comes to that one situation. And then. They're dropped, and then a new thread is, and I'm like, wait, I just thought, I don't know, I thought it was like because you were upset, ashamed to be a Mormon, and then it becomes about something else, and then you were, I don't know, I don't, I just don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it, and I don't think Andy gets it, I don't think anyone gets it. Although we do learn that there was like an investigation opened, which that leads me to believe that it's way more serious than. I had initially thought like there must be something behind the scenes, and there are all these theories going around on the internet, like Bravo Productions covering it up, or that this something happened with Jen and Heather that they're covering it up and or because of Jen's legal situation like I don't there's so many different ones, and they all sort of feel a little believable, but then it also feels believable about the Heather Gay feeling uh, ashamed because she just left the Mormon church, and now here she is getting drunk, I don't know. I just wish there was some clear, some more clarity. It's just a big mess, and I don't understand it at all. I don't understand it now. The other thing that they talk about are the sucking dick for jazz tickets and getting Vita tequila on the shelves. And what was so weird to me was like Whitney basically. I-, I felt like admitted to making up the whole thing, and uh, I don't know. Just none of the none of the fights make sense because. Lisa and Whitney do not care for each other, and I will never believe that they do. I'm sorry. I just, it's bullshit. And I feel like it's clear that they're just in an alliance for the TV show, and it will eventually burst. But then there's, it doesn't really feel like there's any authentic relationships on this cast. And that's the real issue is that usually we at least have two people, like you think of Potomac, and Robin and Giselle, I think, have each other's backs. They just do. They do. And even Candace and Wendy seem like They genuinely have a relationship where they won't turn on each other in a second, right? And we need those kind of uh, pillars so that we can feel good with all the other things going on and the feuding. We need to know that there's like a home base. And it feels like on Salt Lake City, there's no home base. Because Meredith and Heather, I don't buy their relationship either. It's like they have an alliance for the show. That's what it feels like to me. And then we do learn – oh my god, you guys, this was – one of the biggest things was Jen and Meredith, apparently, uh, uh, Special K Ketamine and maybe Mushrooms, uh, they did together. And it's all just breezed past. It was like, yeah, Meredith was on Ketamine with Jen. And then we just breezed past it. It was like, what happened? <laughs> I felt like my eyes were bugging out of my head like a like I was on a cartoon or something. You know, their eyes pop out. I was like, what it, what just happened? We're just talking about Meredith was doing Special K with Jen. And then we're moving past it. And so I feel like we could have dove into that for a little bit longer, maybe 20 more minutes or something, if we need to extend this reunion to another episode, because I didn't feel like we went into that enough. And then that was when Meredith called Jen. And of course, Jen was like, no, that didn't happen. But we know that Jen's a convicted liar. And so she allegedly and now it's, it's, I don't know. I just feel like we should have went into it more. And somebody, I think it was Jen on the phone, was like, what is she talking about, the horse drug? And they were calling ketamine the horse drug. <laughs> the horse drug, which is just a funny way. I, I think that is known as a horse drug, but it just, I don't know much about I feel like I should know more about ketamine, and I honestly just don't. I don't. You know, I do my soccer mom weed, and that's about it. It's like very little, very little THC. Maybe have an ibuprofen every once in a while, but I just, I feel stupid. I don't. I was like, what are they talking about, the horse drug? But I would like to know more, and so maybe they should explain that. Maybe we need to get the graphics on the screen for that. Like, show me what it is. I, w- I want to see pictures and images. Remember we used to go to health class when you were in middle school, and they would show pictures of all the, the stuff to so that you understood it? That's what I'm going to need on these shows. Now, Lisa cries over Meredith, and I think they can make up. I'm hopeful that they make up. I just, I need them to make up. And Meredith said it wasn't even about the hot mic moment. It was like about other things, and I don't know. We're going to need him to make up. Uh, Whitney, this was funny. There was a moment where Whitney asked for a heater. She's like, Burr, it's cold in here. And what I was laughing at was like, if this was Ramona, Ramona would have just demanded a heater. Like we would have seen Ramona. She was on the show for 10 plus years on New York. But even in one of her first years, she would have been like, I need the fucking heater, Andy. Like production, I'm not doing anything else until I get the heater. And Whitney was so sweet. She's just like, "I can. I have a heater. I'm like really cold. And it just made me laugh because that's the difference between Salt Lake and some of the other franchise. Like these women are still kind of on their toes because who knows? It's a new franchise. And so Whitney it doesn't feel strong enough in the show, uh, in her presence in the show to say, bring me a fucking heater. I'm cold. And so it was interesting. Now, what else was going on? Oh, Lisa Barlow, Away in a Manger. Lisa Barlow is doing a three-song ap- three EP of holiday songs. Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for that. Very excited. We'll download whatever. Then we have Angie H, Angie K, and Dana. Dana, that scene at the book uh, launch party that was deleted that they showed in the trailer, they did give some insight into the scene. And I wish they wouldn't have cut it, but I'm glad they showed it now. And Dana, to me, out of all three of them was the one that I would like to see more of, I think. Subject to change, and I do want to reiterate that I don't know that we need to see either three of them again. But if I had to pick, as of right now, I'm choosing Dana because she she brought a little something to the reunion that I felt like okay, she's giving me something a little Janissary, and I'm feeling good about it. So I I'm ready for her. And Dana also she yeah she just seemed like she was ready to step it up. Now Andy also asked Sarah Paulson about the second Dick for Jazz tickets, and she says that. Lisa's husband John was behaving a way that she didn't understand at a jazz game. Insecurity came or something. I don't know. I didn't really understand. I don't understand any of this. Andy did ask Lisa though. <laughs> he said, Are you a jazz fan? <laughs> this show is so stupid. I love it. I love it. I love when Andy asks those like obscure questions, like Lisa, are you a jazz fan? And I was like, Yeah. Like, that's the kind of question I want. Like, they just had a whole 3 episodes uh, part of the season where they're talking about this cast, member we dick for jazz tickets. And so we're, I want to know, who's a jazz fan? Like, and so Andy's on top of things. You know, people give Andy a hard time sometimes. But at least he's asking those kind of questions, because that's what I need. That's what I need. Anyway, Meredith uh, shades Angie for trying the Angie K., he she shades her for trying to get on the show for three years. And obviously she bought her way on the show. She, I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that Spent that 15k on that party to get on the show. Then we end talking about all this black eye business. There's an investigation launched, but there's no footage or information. Heather says she was scared they would rewrite the narrative. She blacked out and was humiliated. There was guilt and shame. She didn't want the investigation, but she also did want the investigation. That was confusing. And then Meredith says, though, that night she's like, we couldn't even drink that much. This was interesting, actually. We need to put our detective caps on for a moment. Because Meredith said that night where they were also drunk, she said the servers at the meal couldn't serve them uh, because of being on camera or something, and they were only at that club for 20 minutes. So how were they that drunk? Or was there something else involved? I don't know. I'm not saying that they were doing other things besides alcohol that night, but I am implying it. Because I don't understand. We saw footage and they all seemed a fucking mess. And you don't, obviously if you're filming for four hour dinner and they're not, they served you one drink like Meredith said, and then you only go to a club for 20 minutes, you're not, how many drinks are you having at 20 minutes at a club? I mean, yeah, you could be taking shots or something, but they seemed like really kind of a mess in the footage that we did see from that night. Remember they were bumping bubbies and all that stuff by the pool. And so they had their, they, the bubbies were out of the basket, out of the bubby basket. And so things were happening that I just think there it couldn't have been if that was the case, they only had one cocktail at the dinner that they filmed for multiple hours. and then they went to the club for twenty minutes, like something else was going on. Something else was going on. My baby's got a Allegedly. everything I say is alleged. I don't know anything. I'm a dummy. Okay. So then what else? Angie brings up uh the sexual relation theory between Heather and Jen. I don't know. I mean, also, it's like, who cares about all this stuff? I mean, it's at this point, I just need to move on. Next week, we get Seth talking about taint play. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, I just uttered that sentence. <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me for that sentence. But that's what I wrote in my notes. Seth talks about his taint play, which was a thing that happened on this show. Again, I'm not making things up. That's what happened. Remember, there was a whole scene where they were in the tub. And so apparently it comes up next week. And then we get some stuff. They talk about Coach Shaw. I don't know. That's the end of the... That's it. Salt Lake City, baby. We're almost done. I think there's only one more part of the reunion. It's been a little unclear, but I think originally it was supposed to be two parts and a Jen Shah interview. This is, I think. I could be wrong. But Again, I'm a dummy. So, I think it was supposed to, what I would put money on in Vegas is that it was supposed to be two-part reunion plus a Jen Shah interview, and then Jen Shah was like, no, I'm not doing that, which did you see on her social media? She posted this thing, like, sign up, and I'll tell you what happened. I'll share my story or something, which... Stop signing up for things with her because you do not give her your data. That's what she's in this whole mess for in the first place. So I just want to encourage you all to be very careful about who you give your data to. I know we're all giving data willy-nilly, but you need to be careful because they're bamboozling the elderly. And so it's just not someone that you need to give an email or a phone number or anything to or credit card. Just don't do it. Anyone else, literally sign up for any other newsletter before you do that one. Because if there's one thing I've learned from this watching season is that Jen Shaw is not someone you should give data to. She's got enough data, by the way. That's what got her into this mess. So the fact that she's collecting more data to like share her side of the story, I'm like, Jen, you need to cool it. Did you not learn anything. I'm sorry. You need to cool it. Cool it. You're going away because of all the data collection. And now you're like, give me your data, people. I was like, what are the optics of this? And also – it's almost like so bold that she's doing that, and it's almost so bold that you have to, in some way, it, it, that's why it works. I think because people giving her the data are like, well, you know, she must have, she must be fine now because she's being punished, and it's like, well, no, she's still, still collecting her data. I don't know. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't give her any of it. Uh, okay, uh, that's it. That's the end of the episode. I love you all. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I do have an interview, speaking of uh, Salt Lake City Housewives. We have an interview with Heather Gay coming up on the show. And I did it before the uh, reunion started airing, but it'll be out on the podcast feed, I believe, I believe this week, this week, I believe, or sometime very soon. And so I try to get more answers about what's going on. And so that'll be out soon. And uh, I love you all so much for listening. So we, Shall we do our cheese little cool down? We need it. We need it. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you all. And uh, not only do I love you all, but I also love Rita Moreno, Lily Tomlin, Sally Field, Jane Fonda. (laughs) I love you all. I love them all. And go about your days and be well. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.